Someone asked me, well, what's the message about? Fathers, of course, right? We want to talk about the Father and how good the Father is to us. Our Father who is in heaven, amen? I know some of you have earthly fathers. Uh, had earthly fathers. Some of them have gone home to be with the Lord. Some of you never had fathers, but we can identify with the characteristics that our heavenly father has. Hopefully our earthly father has them, and if they don't, then you just have to learn how to do it by the word of God. I was talking to Tony last night, and we were talking about how we as ministers have to relay the heart of God to the people of God to realize how great God's love is for us and how much he cares for us and how much he wants to do things for us. So um, we're going to do that. Let's take a look at the characteristics of a godly father. Well, let me pray first. Father, I just thank you that as we come before uh, your, your throne and your word that you just enlighten us, especially, Father, because of the things you want to say to your people. I ask you to guide my heart and my mind to speak those things that you want me to say. In Jesus' name, and all agreed, said, amen. amen. So the characteristics of a godly father are fivefold. Are you ready for this? First, a protector. Psalms 3 says, For thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, the glory and the lifter of my head. So a father has to... Uh, be a protector both physically and spiritually. He wants to watch over his children and, and put a spiritual covering around him. So fathers, the way you live makes a difference in the way your children are going to act. When you live holy, dedicated to him, and living a life that's pleasing unto him, it protects the evil one from coming and attacking your family. Did you know that? You, you put a hedge of protection around and about them. Praise the Lord. My son says a lot of the blessings that he's received is because he's been in our household, because of all the prayers that we have prayed, our dedication to the Lord. In addition to his dedication and his love for the Lord, the Lord blesses his, the, the father and the children and their children's children. Did you know that? My father left an inherit, inheritance to me. I'm leaving an inheritance to him, and he watches over it. <laughs> So what, 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 are you, what are you spending? Where, where are you going? <laughs> Why are you buying that? <laughs> you're, you're rooting my inheritance. No, I'm just kidding. He's been very instrumental in keeping us intact and keeping us on the right track. Praise the Lord. Thank you, son. So, it says a wise son makes a father glad. The second thing is a provider. 1 Timothy 5, 8 says, but if anyone doesn't prove, provide for his own and especially for those of his own household, he has de denied the faith and is worse than an infidel or worse than a non-believer. So as God the Father is the provider, we must look to him to help us provide for our family. I know there are times as fathers, we have to scratch and bite and crawl and get all the monies that we need for our children and for our wives, our families, and it seems like it's not going to come to pass, but as they have needs, we cry out to the Father in heaven, and he supplies our every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen? I can remember the time when my son, well, my wife and I got the left foot of fellowship from a church, you ever happened to you, where they said, you know what, um, your services are no longer needed. I don't know why they would say something like that. My wife just told the pastor, it seems like you're not really operating in love. It seems like you're offending people more than helping people. Uh, because he, he could preach good up here. Oh, man, he had a big smile. Yeah, everything's good. But behind the scenes, it was mayhem, <laughs> like that commercial, mayhem. 
And, and so my wife just very politely said, you know, we can help you with that. And he came over to my office and he said, you know what your wife said? And I said, oh yeah, that's kind of true. He said, okay, both of y'all. <laughs> See that door? <laughs> they had a nice going away party for us and they sent us on our way. But at that very time, my son was enrolling to high school, and you know, high school at that time was expensive. It's even more expensive now, and we had no money. Say no money. No money. And we were signing him up for high, Christian high school, and they said, well, it's $500 just to get in the door, and then $500 a month. And I said, hmm, <laughs> oh, Lord, <laughs> Lord in heaven, do you hear me? So I signed on the dotted line. I said, Lord, you will provide. And he provided every day, every month, every year for four years. Amen? So when you live right with the Lord, he'll help you. Amen? So uh, there's some other characteristics that we have here. Let's see what we have. Oh, yeah. Uh, he has to be a promoter. Proverbs 22.6 says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart. So we have to promote our children. We have to believe in them and tell them that they can do all things like the, the uh, video said. You can do it. You can make it. So we have to do that. And I heard this quote, nobody knows you're great until someone tells you you're great. And when a father tells his son, you're great, you can have great things, you have good skills, you know, and train them. That means guide them in the way that they, the Lord has put his, his talents and his abilities in that person so that they can do great things. I'm looking at Blanca and her daughter is just graduated from Citrus with highest honors and got a scholarship to Berkeley, all expenses paid. Come on, talk to me. Amen. And God is good. And she needed a little promoting her own self to believe that she could do it. And she's doing it, and we're so very proud of her. Uh, hopefully, she'll come back, and she's been very busy. She's on a project making $5,000 just doing something, some kind of a project for UC Irvine. And she's going to come here. We're going to lay hands on her and send her on her way. Amen. Praise the Lord. So then, um, a father also has to be a priest, according to Luke 22, verse 32. Uh, the Bible says men ought always to pray and lift up what kind of hands? Holy. holy hands. Come on, you should know that. Not dirty hands, not clean hands. Holy hands, <laughs> okay, <laughs> unto the Lord. What does holy mean? Holy means clean. That means pure. That means wanting to serve him with all your heart. Amen? So when we do that, we are a covering for our children. My son even at this age, when we get into a sticky wicket at work or wherever the situation is, we come together and pray. You know, I want to say, aren't you old enough? Can't you do that by yourself? But he knows that there's a covering that comes when the household is in unity and the covering. And I'm here to tell you, every time the Lord comes through, if not that day, within a few days. And, and it looks so desperate. It looks so discouraging. It looks like it's never going to change. You ever been there? Like you got a bad boss or you got a bad uh, co-worker or whatever, and you say like, what? how is this ever going to change? I remember one time Charles was telling me uh, when he was working at this one company, and the, and the boss, who was a lawyer from Cornell, was really uh, kind of rough and mean and trying to you know, toughen him up. And so she gave me like unreasonable things. And so uh, he said, all right, dad, I got to go into this review today. And I know she's just going to tear me up. And I don't know if I can sit through a whole hour <laughs> of her just picking at me. And I said, well, let's pray. 
And we prayed, and I, it was at 9 o'clock, and I said, give me a call when it's over and, and see how it went. See how the Lord has done great things. <laughs> so he calls me at 9.15. I go, what happened? He goes, the lady quit. <laughs> woo-hoo, woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah. Don't, don't touch God's anointed, amen? She was so tough. That when opposition came her way, when the boss was telling her, you need to lay off of that boy, he, she said, oh, really? I'm out of here. Well, goodbye. Praise the Lord. God is good, and he does amazing things. Amen? Then you have to be a prophet. What does that mean? Then you have to speak good over your son and your daughter. You have to say, speak those things that be not as though they were. The Bible says that I know the plans that I have for you for good and uh, to give you a future and give you a hope. Amen? Amen? So when you keep speaking that to your sons and your daughters, they're going to receive it, and they're going to start moving in that prophetic message, in that prophetic way. Can I get an amen? amen. Okay, so now there are many characteristics of the Lord that we can mention, his faithfulness, his goodness, his uh, power, all these things. But I wanted, today I want to just focus in on one aspect of the Lord, which really makes me feel good that I know the Lord, and it's called his what? Compassion. Let's see this. Let's see the um, slide. She's, she's, she's getting it warmed up now. There we go. This is an amazing scripture. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. You ever been full of something? I can't eat no more. I'm just full. <laughs> Isn't that the way we were on, on uh, Thursday night at Rosie's uh, retirement? You're going to see a new Rosie in the next couple of months. You know, she's retiring from her position. And I, I said at, at, her, at her party, I go, there's things that you celebrate, your first day at work and your last day at work. <laughs> so she's got her last day at work. So the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. That means there's so much compassion that all you have to do is touch it and it just comes oozing out. Isn't that nice? You can count on the Lord. You can count on him to know that he's going to be compassionate with you. Slow to anger and of great mercy. Say great mercy. Great. How many of you need great mercy? Oh, yeah. Lord, I messed up again. Oh, Lord, help me. I don't know what I'm going to do. That's okay. He said, I got, great, I got a whole bunch of this mercy just to give unto you. Right? The Lord is good to how many people? That's us, right? He's not withholding any good gift to those that loved him. And his tender mercies are over all his works. I'm one of his works. So you can go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm coming for your compassion, your mercy, and your tender, uh, tender mercies. And, you know, women, uh, ladies, you know how to do this when you're growing up. You know how to tap into the compassion of your dad. You know, you know how to go and say, Dad, you know, you're so handsome. <laughs> you're so smart. We thank you for taking care of us. We thank you for all the hard work you do. You know, you're so good to us. And the, the dad knows it's coming. <laughs> Ray knows. He, you, you know you, you, you're getting buttered up, but there's nothing you can do. You can't resist your daughter. And then she says, Dad, can I borrow some money? <laughs> sure, honey child. There's a story about this one minister said he was downstairs in the kitchen and his daughter said, hey, dad, I want to go to the movies with one of my girlfriends. Uh, can I borrow $20? And he said, sure, honey, you can. It's up there on my dresser uh, in, in our room. 
And she said, okay. So she got something out of the refrigerator and walked out the door. And he said, I, I thought you were going to, you needed the money. He said, I already got it. <laughs> you can count on the Lord to know that he will be compassionate towards you. Praise the Lord. Now, how many of you have ever needed compassion in, in your life? Mercy. I can remember when I was, I was going through this with my wife. Uh, when I was working at Kaiser, I was working part-time, and I was going to be bumped up to full-time. And they said, well, what you have to do is take a typing test to see if you qualify, because it's a new position. I said, no problem. <laughs> I could do it. <laughs> I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? So I got on there, blah, 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 blah. 30 words per minute. What is this? Because what happens, I, I, got a pro, I have dyslexia in my fingers. I don't know if you ever have. You're supposed to type T-H-E for the, and it would be T-E-H. I'm going, ah, ah. You know, in a, in a regular computer, it corrects it for you. But not in this one, boy. They penalize you. I said, I could do 35, 40, but, you know, with the errors minus errors, not so good. So I said, okay, I'll come back tomorrow. Came back tomorrow, same thing. Couldn't make the 35. Came back the next day, couldn't make it. And so you only get five tries in a year's time. I already lost three. So I went to the fourth, and I said, okay, Lord, Lord, have mercy on me. <laughs> Please. So I went in there, and guess what? Still couldn't get it. And I went through typing class in high school. FFF, GG, remember that? <laughs> the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane, the time, I forgot all that stuff. I can still remember my high school teacher, you're going to need typing all your life. You better learn how to type. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. So on the fourth try, wholly coincidentally, she left the test at my desk after she saw that I didn't pass. I thought that as a sign, take the test. <laughs> Home with you. <laughs> and practice. And practice. <laughs> practice makes perfect. So I, I took it home, and God is my witness. Marianne saw me all night long. Same. Oh, I, and even at home when I was practicing, I couldn't get it. I couldn't get rid of this dyslexia. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> so I, I, I you know, it, there's three tests, and she gave me one, and the Lord, wholly coincidentally, gave me the same test that I've been practicing all night long. No sleep. I've never done this before. So I sit down, and I go, I, I got it. I'm doing good. I'm, oh, man, praise the Lord. I got it. I got it. Ah, what happened? What happened? It hit me again, and I didn't pass the fifth time. That, I mean, that's what I said. All my life, I'm looking at it. I'm going, you know, I got to get another job. Uh, I'm going to lose out on my retirement. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with my life. I need this so bad, Lord. I cried. And so the next night, I cried out all night, Lord, have mercy on my soul. And so I went to work the next day, and my boss, you know, when you cry out for mercy from the Lord, the Lord will use somebody to help you. My boss said, don't worry about a thing. She called HR. She said, this boy is coming on board. He's been doing this part-time, and uh, I'm signing him up, and that's the end of that. Boom. <laughs> the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Amen? Now, 
we want mercy from the Lord, but do we give mercy? The Bible says that blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So I give a lot of mercy out so that I can get a lot of mercy. And so just this week, just this week, I had four people call me for something, you know, to minister with them. I had a, a lady that called me that wanted me to do a funeral for her brother who passed away. I had another call from a friend's son who was in jail and was freaking out and wanted me to call him. I had to counsel a woman whose husband died unexpectedly, and I had to visit someone's brother who's in the hospital. All this in one week. What do I do? What do I say? No, I don't think so. I'm a little, I'm busy. <laughs> Am I crazy or what? Why? Because the Lord, know, the Lord knows who to send people to me. He knows that I'll be compassionate to them. And I'll be loving to them, and I'll give them a funeral, I'll give them a visit, I'll give them things that they couldn't get from other people because I love them with the love of the Lord. Praise the Lord. And all these people have churches, but sometimes they don't come here. But someone would say, well, why do you give, you know, why are you generous to people that don't come? Because, you know what, I, I, I just can't resist them. And God can't resist you when you ask for a favor and ask for mercy. Praise God. My son asks me all the time because I'm, I'm very merciful and, and compassionate with my wife when she wants things. And it, to, the, to the best of my ability, I give those things to her. And my son says, why, why are you doing that? <laughs> why you give her everything? Can't, can't help it. Now, my wife would probably say, he don't give me everything. But most things and everything in time, we get it done. Praise the Lord. So let's look at a couple more scriptures. It is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. He's not going to fail. not going to fail on you. He's not going to give up or run out. He's not going to say, you know what? I used up all my compassions today. I don't have anything left. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. To me, that's good news. Is that good news to you? I think it's good news to me anyway. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy having the mercies of the Lord. Okay, let's look at another scripture. It says, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of what? All comfort. He, he, he puts it in the heart of people to comfort and to love and to be a blessing to people. So we can do that. Now look at this. Psalms 103, 13 says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. A father can't refuse a son and... Father God can't refuse us. Let's look at this picture of a father and a son being together. And how much love a father has that he gives to his son. He watches over him. He takes care of him. He teaches him. He guides him. And so just as God sent the father, so he sends us. And he sent Jesus. And Jesus was, let's look at this next slide, he was moved with compassion. That means he had compassion, but he did something about it. He didn't say, oh, I feel so sorry. I'm, I, I wish that you could do things better. I, I wish you had a little... No, he actually does something. Here's what he did. Six things. He healed the sick. He had compassion on the people, and he healed the sick. He had compassion on that boy that died, and he raised the dead. You know, Jesus, you, it's bad when he goes to a funeral because he's going to raise the dead. He's going to raise the person up. <laughs> 
And this boy was a son of a widow, and that was his, her only means of uh, support. And so he had compassion on her. He, she didn't even ask. Do you know sometimes you don't even have to ask, and the Lord knows what you need, and he'll give it to you? He fed the multitudes. They were hungry. He fed 5,000. He cast out devils. Well, thank God we don't have any devils anymore, right? You might be sitting next to one, right? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but he act like a devil. No. <laughs> All right. He, he, had, he moved with compassion and taught the people. Praise the Lord. He taught them. And he restored one to himself. You know, the prodigal son came, and he uh, had been sinning and hanging around the wrong crowd. And God said, I'm going to restore you unto myself. Praise the Lord. So we're going to read a little story right now. And you know what? I just can't give a skit every week, right? What do you think this is, summer theater or something? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it is. Okay. <laughs> Can I ask you to move over here? So my, my seven readers, if they would come up, they're going to read for us. We're going to go through this story. They're coming. Oh, okay. Oh, you're, you're in the second row, Ray. Yeah, you're in the second row. Okay. You're number two. Okay, five. Go, go according to your number. Here we go. Boom, boom. You have to sit in my, my chair. Okay, thanks. All right. And notice we have all fathers up here. Glory to God. Can I get an amen? Give them a hand. Amen. Fathers. Okay, here's the story, Tony. Why don't you, oh, uh, Pastor Charlie, why don't you start us off with this story that we're going to see here. Mark 2, 1 and 2. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there were no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. All right, Tony. Mark 2, 3 through 4. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Okay, let's look at this. Here's the picture of it. Here's the four guys. There's the paralytic. And uh, they're going to uh, get their, their, their friend healed. And what they have to do is there's no room in the house. And they think that this is Peter's house. So they tear it apart. And let's see the next slide. And here he is. Praise the Lord. Uh, so they let him down. They break open the, the roof. And they let him down because they had faith to believe that Jesus would do it. He would have compassion. Amen. Sometimes you just got to get to Jesus. And sometimes you have to break through situations, break through your flesh, break through the distractions of life, and get to Jesus. If you can just get to Jesus, amen, things are going to go your way. So what happened? But immediately when Jesus perceived... No, no, no. Wait, oh. wait, wait. Number three. 
Number three. Okay. Okay. Mark, <coughs> Mark 2, 5 through 6. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right. And keep going now, Mark. This is the story, Mark 2, 8 through 9. But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take up your bed, and walk? Okay. Mark 2, 10, slash 11. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Amen. How many of you know that story? Yeah, not everybody, but a lot of people know that story. Okay, gentlemen, thank you so much for your help. Give the fathers a hand. Now, it doesn't mention the four men's names, the four friends of this paralytic. Did you know that? But I, by the Spirit of the Lord, just happen to know their names, all right? And they all begin with the letter C. Are you ready for this? The first one is Mr. Compassion, because he cared. He wept. He knew that his friend couldn't run around and go out with him and do the things that, he, that they did. So he had compassion. He felt for him. So many times we have to feel for those that are, are, are needing help and needing uh, our attention. So uh, are you that person? Are you Mr. Compassion? Or do you just like... They made their bed lying it, you know. That's their problem. I'm good. <laughs> Second guy was Mr. Commitment. What did he say? Let's do it. Let's quit talking about it. Let's go out there and just do it. Quit beating around the bush and let's get our friend over there. We can't just be sitting here crying and thinking, well, you know, I wish Jesus came by. I don't think it's going to happen, but I... No, let's, let's do it. Let's start and move. Praise the Lord. And then the third guy was Mr. Confidence. Do you know that guy? He said, we can do it. Jesus, <laughs> many, of you, many of you don't believe that Jesus can do it, but he had confidence to believe that if we can just get him to Jesus, he will do great things. He says, let's quit uh, uh, quibbling about it. All the Lord's commands, all the promises of God are yay and Amen. So I'm having confidence. The Bible says this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know if he hears us, he gives us the desire of our heart. Did you know that? Yes. Are you confident about that? Yes. Amen. And the fourth guy is Mr. Creativity. Why? They came to the house. It was all crowded. There's no way they could get in. You ever been in a crowded situation? You can't get in like, like a Black Friday or something? <laughs> you're trying to get to the sales and you can't get to it? And you're trying to claw through people and the women can get vicious out there? <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
Some of them should be linebackers or something. I don't know. But <laughs> when you can't get through a crowd, the creativity, because there's a, uh, there's a ladder that goes up to the roof. So Mr. Creativity says, let's go up the roof and tear open that and drop the boy down. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, there's more than one way to get things done. And when you re reach an obstacle, you just have to believe that God's going to give you an idea or a way to do it. Mr. Creativity. Now, you may not have all four of these qualities, but you can have a friend around you that can help you with this. My wife is a friend that's around me, and, and she helps me with my creativity. I have an idea, and she says, well, that's a great idea. Why don't you just go and do it? Go ahead and organize it. I go, praise the Lord, I will. <laughs> Two, you, you know the story, right? Two weeks later, <laughs> she looks at me and says, you don't know how to organize it, do you? <laughs> I said, no, but help me, help, help me help you, praise the Lord. So, so they, be, they believe that what God was doing is, is what God, and tearing up the roof was more important than what, I mean, uh, his soul was more important than tearing up the roof. Do you all get the picture? You get it perfectly clear? I think you might need a little bit of help with that. I think you might need a visual. You think you might need a visual to see just what that looked like and how that <laughs> might have been. Oh, that's right. Can you play a little bit here? And I'll be right back. Come help me get dressed here. Praise the Lord. if you can see me at all. Wait a I got a thing here. Do I look like Jesus? Oh. Maybe a little bit. <laughs>
Blessed be my people. Thank you for coming to the house of the Lord. So glad to have you here. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Welcome to the house. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let me teach you a little bit. He that come to the Lord must believe that he is, that he is one that diligently seeks him. My children, I've come to give you life and that more abundantly. Do you believe that I'm able to heal? Do you believe that I'm able to deliver? Do you believe that I am sent from God to do great and mighty works in your behalf? Hallelujah. I am the light that shines in darkness. He that cometh to me shall never perish, but have everlasting life. God is good, and his mercy endureth forever. I know the house is crowded. I know there's people outside. They're on the closed circuit. They can hear it all. But you have to believe that what God has given God will keep for forever. What's this disturbance over here? What's happening here? What, what are you men doing here? Son, your sins are forgiven. Why does this man speak blasphemy like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? I can forgive sins. What's easier to say? Thy sins are forgiven. Arise, take up thy bed, and walk. Rise, my son. Take up thy bed. You guys get the picture now? <laughs> and I can truly say I've become a fool for Christ. <laughs> now, after a skit like that, you know, I can't do much preaching, but I just have one verse to show you, okay? If, if a Jesus, if someone like this comes into your bedroom and say they're Jesus, don't believe it, okay? <laughs> says, finally, finally, this service is over. Finally, all of you, how many of you? All of you be of one mind having compassion for one another. Turn to someone next to you and say, I have compassion for you. <laughs> Love as brethren. Be tender-hearted. Be courteous to one another. Amen? Amen? Gina's got it right. Give the person next to you a big hug and tell them, I love you with the love of the Lord. Amen?
Praise the Lord. I will be signing autographs afterwards <laughs> and taking pictures. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. <laughs> well, let me pray over you as we get ready to have fellowship with one another. Uh, Mando, you came today just to see this, okay? <laughs> Amen. Well, Father, I thank you for your people, and I thank you, Lord, as we've impressed upon them that it is a true story about how you can heal those that are paralytic, those that are bruised, those that are damaged, that you're the one who can do all things well. So, Father, I thank you that whatever we're facing, that we have the God of all compassion that would be there for us, that we can call and touch and, and, and lean upon you and see your handiwork in our life. We thank you also that we are also ones to bestow compassion on our brethren, that we can be tenderhearted, courteous, and loving them. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that they go forth in your power and your grace and be able to do all things well. In Jesus' name we pray and all agreed said, amen. amen. God bless you.